Welcome. Welcome to Being an Artist is fucking killing me. Yeah, we're killing that today. We're getting so good. We're getting so good at <laughs> announcing our show title. Uh, we've come a long way, Corinne. Yeah, get 12 episodes in. Yep, <laughs> season one. Um, we're here today with Kristen Pepper. Yeah, uh, creator, director, choreographer of Pepper Dance Theater. Mm-hmm. We talk about Fringe. We talk about making a show for Fringe. Right. Uh, you guys remember that last week we talked to Will Hamilton about his show, Nullius and Verba. Mm-hmm. Um, Gal Pals thinks it's awesome that there's so many dance shows this year. Yes. It's great. We don't know how it happened because Fringe is a lottery, yes. so everyone just got lucky. But what we encourage you all to do is go see, go, go to Fringe, first of all, but also go see the dance shows. Yes. So that Fringe recognizes that dance has a place in its festival. Yeah. It's, it's super needed, and it's such an amazing platform that I don't think a lot of dancers get. Right. So, especially contemporary dancers, not commercial dancers. So we need to continue to push to find space right. in that. Um, what else do we talk about? We talk about, Kristen brings up this good point of, you know, artists, specifically dancers in Toronto, aren't being paid enough. Yeah. So we talk about that. We talk about some industry standards, but I would like to take it one step further and that it's all well and good to like tell everybody to refuse work. Be like, Hey, dancers aren't being paid enough. So we should all band together and just refuse when it's, Mm -hmm. you know, um, when it's not paying. But I also think that that is not realistic for a lot of people. And I think she talks about that. And we talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I also think that a better solution is to be vocal about companies that don't pay dancers. Right. It's to call people out when they don't pay for rehearsals, call people out when they are like a company, like a company that does touring shows when they are a big branded corporation and they're not going to pay you mm-hmm. or they do shady practices. I think the only, one of the only solutions in as well as along with refusing unpaid work is to call out and tell everybody in your inner circle, hey, I was offered this contract, but it's got some weird things going on and it's not really paying and I don't feel comfortable. Like, And the sad part is about with companies that that's happening, there's still 200 fucking people showing up for that addition. Yeah. Right. Yeah, which is another topic. And it's just like something to be aware of. Yeah. But I think we need to start calling people out. Totally. I agree with that. Yeah. And I think we're going to learn a little bit more about that with Kristen Pepper. Pepper. So let's get started. Yeah. Yay. Um, you say you're a dancer, right? Mm-hmm. That's what your main thing is? It's like your title? Um, like, I guess so. Like, I'm a dancer, singer, actor. Dancer, singer, actor? Queer, or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, like, I, I do lots of, like, musical theater as well. Yeah. But I mean, I went to York for maybe a fan dance, so. Cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome. We're recording. Oh, we're already recording. Yeah. That was oh, so great. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's so much easier when there's not like a weird start. So I just like, kind of like here we go. Record when no one's looking. Yeah. Also, she often gets like crazy things out of me when that happens. It's hilarious. Like, it's so fun. <laughs> singing or something. <laughs> okay, so we're here with Kristen Pepper. Yes. Um, hi, Kristen. Hey. Um, I'm working with Kristen for a Fringe show this year. Mm-hmm. Really excited about that. Super stoked. Yeah. We good time. You went to York University? I did. Yeah. So I did my BFA with specialized honors in dance and majoring in performance and choreography. Mm-hmm. 
same kind of thing, I guess, for because you went to Calgary and it's probably the same. It's like a concentration. Yeah. 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 Same kind of idea. Yeah. So I did that for four years and then I've been pretty much working ever since and dancing, musical theater and theater and yeah. And everything. When did you first start dancing? Uh, like when I was four, just getting put into like tap and jazz and ballet from my mom, who also is a dancer and a dance teacher back home in okay. Windsor. And <laughs> so many similarities. Right? <laughs> um, and yeah, uh, just super supportive parents who like never questioned me wanting to pursue dance. I mean, the only thing was like my dad made sure that I would take high school math just in case. But other than <laughs> that, they were totally supportive of, you know, me pursuing my dreams which was great. So um, they put me in extra specialized private like ballet lessons as opposed to like group stuff and like whatever comp stuff. Um, And then, yeah, that led me to, uh, I went to a uh, creative high school program for the arts and dancing and acting and doing musicals growing up there, which led me to York and then been working since. So did you like your experience at York? I did. It was very difficult, like just doing that pretty much nine to five of training Mm -hmm. and then having academics as well, which is um, what I really liked about York is it wasn't performance only, but there was lots of uh, kinesiology and dance science courses too, but that just made the workload insane. Yeah. And then I find like also like being a young adult in your 20s and trying to like figure out who you are and dealing with like... Um, living away from family. So there's like those like mental health kind of things that you're experiencing as well while doing like such an it, intense degree. It feels, I feel like university comes at like the wrong point in people's right? lives yeah. because you don't know who you are and you're forced into this like institution mm-hmm. that gives you a lot of space to find out who you are, but also gives you a lot of space to sink. Yeah. yeah. Right? Totally. And, and it can the, go either way pretty easily. Yeah. And I find that I think universities are getting better with that but when I was in school like I was in school from 2009 to 2013 there aren't many um places to go to to seek help if you are sinking which I think now that mental health is um becoming more of a prevalent thing especially in Canada and the U.S. we're starting to take it a little bit more seriously so there are resources but like when I was in school there wasn't so if you just yeah, if you sank, you sank, and you sank no one hard. kind yeah. of cared. Right. Like, it was, I feel like your dance teachers would care more because that's more of a personal thing. But right. academic-wise, like, a professor isn't going to care if, you know... No, if you're, he, like, one of a thousand kids they exactly. see in a week. Yeah. 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 So um, it was a good experience, but it was definitely, like, one of my more, like, mentally, like, mm-hmm. difficult times. But mm-hmm. I, like, credit, you know, uh, my work ethic and, like, training and stuff from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you the type of person that if you're happy you're really happy but if you are sad you're really really sad too yeah there's not really like you don't run an even exactly yeah I find I'm either one extreme or the other which is like unfortunate for the people I'm around (laughs) sometimes (laughs) I don't like you're you're just too much like you're too happy just go away or like just go calm down somewhere (laughs) like I feel like artists are that's often the case with artists yeah and I feel like not very many of them ride that kind of chill boundary of no it's either high highs low lows living in extremes I find oh yeah because things affect us so emotionally right Mm -hmm. and everything is so personal in our lives like our careers are so personal and everything so it's hard to not take things yeah so personally or so to heart and that could 
lead yeah. to anything. And you're yeah. constantly like getting judged, criticized for yeah. every single thing you I, do. Everything. And I think living in your body and being a physical artist has a lot yes. to do with that because you're so much more aware than the average human about yeah. how you're feeling and how your body's feeling and mm-hmm. on a like moment to moment basis, mm-hmm. right? I feel like it's different. Like if you're singing, like for example, if you felt like physically not so great, well, that's okay because you are just going to park and bark and sing potentially right at a concert. But if you're dancing and you like physically don't feel so great, that's going to, you're going to notice that in terms of how you interpret like Mm -hmm. movement and how you feel as a performer. Right. So it's so relative. I think shoulders make that extremely relevant in your dancing. That's like the first thing I look for in performance when yeah. I'm watching dancers is how high their shoulders are. Like compared, if they're up by their ears. Oh, like stress. Yeah. yeah. Like sometimes like, <laughs> right? I mean, I hold, I think a lot of dancers hold a lot of stress in their shoulders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, it's such a thing that even the day-to-day person, if you look at them, sometimes people's shoulders are up here because they're like uncomfortable and they're stressed. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm doing it and not even noticing. But you can really tell if someone's like relaxed on stage or like happy with what's happening or if they're like, sorry, they can't see us, but... <laughs> Or very shoulders are at their ears. Yeah. yeah. I think that's like a very relevant body part when it comes to holding all of your stress and emotions. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Or neck. I'm I'm really bad at neck. Like I hold lots of tension here when I'm like turning. So The front of your neck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you get see all like the nice veins and everything in class and like you just like stop. Um, so having supportive parents and having a supportive family when mm-hmm. you was there like a definite decision that you were going to make dance or make performing your career or did it kind of just like naturally happen? No, it just happened. Like, yeah. uh, and there wasn't, cause I, I have two younger siblings and they had conversations with my parents and their friends and stuff about what they wanted to pursue. Mm-hmm. But I never had that conversation. You're I don't like, think, this I think I just, I just did it. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, I'm applying here, 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 here. And this is what I want to do. And my parents, um, which I never thought was odd at the time, just said, great, like, we'll right. support you and we'll drive you up to all these auditions in Toronto, blah, blah, blah. Um, but then just experiencing, obviously, university and hearing a bunch of stories of how parents and family members aren't supportive and how potentially people have been cut off, right, from their family for pursuing something that's not traditional. You never realize how lucky, lucky you are and, and how not normal that circumstance mm-hmm. could be, right? So, yeah, for me, everything was just super smooth about what I wanted to do. And some people say, oh, you're so brave. But I don't think so. Like, I don't think we ever can think that way. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I guess, I guess so. Pursuing something that's not still like, very standard. Yeah, I feel like for us, because we're so ingrained in performance mm-hmm. and like this being a part of who we are, I think the brave thing would be to walk away from it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's a scary thing. Right? Because that's, to us, that's scary. And to us, that's this, it's another realm of living, right? To us, this, right. Is, this is normal. Like, performing yeah. and showing up every day and doing this is normal. The other part isn't. So, mm-hmm. like, we don't know. That's scary. And that yeah. would be, like, in quotes, a brave thing. Yeah. I think. That's I such think a so. great point. Yeah. It's just, like, what we're used to. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, if I woke up in five years and realized that this is, like not for me Mm -hmm. I would probably go through a very dark state of just Mm -hmm. and also toying with that idea would be so strange I couldn't even imagine yeah um at York what's the main like what's the main style there that they teach uh I know the program has changed recently but it was uh 
ballet and modern. And then within that realm, um, I think the first two years were kind of open to interpretation for the prof or for the instructor. But we did do, oh no, sorry, second year was Graham and third year was Lamone. But I feel like the first and fourth years were kind of open potentially okay. to like the instructor of what they wanted to teach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But for sure, Graham and Lamone were the main modern styles. Um, and then in terms of um, like choreography or performance classes, it seemed to be mostly contemporary. Interesting. Um, there weren't, and that's what I found unfortunate, there weren't any really technical jazz classes. I took one musical theater class in the summer, and that was like as an elective, and that was the best class I've ever taken with Mark Richard from Sheridan. Um, the best out of the four years of <laughs> ballet and contempt. And by far, I went to the rock school. And I, took the, I took a jazz class, and I loved it. Um, but yeah, those are their main styles. I think they've changed recently, but that's what I did. Yeah. What would you consider is your main style or your favorite style? Uh, still traditional musical theater mm-hmm. is kind of my realm, like Fosse. Uh, yeah. That's really what I connect with most. Uh, but flipping that coin as well on the other side, I find that um, broken kind of contemporary dance I really connect to. Um, and I would say that it's more recently in my professional career because at York, it, everything was super linear. Like, you know, Graham and mm-hmm. they all have fundamentals in ballet and technical. Yeah, super old school. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I, I like, um, like I worked with um, for about a year a year and a little bit with a uh, African dance company here in Toronto mm-hmm. called Louis Shane Dance Company. Um, amazing. Like, one of the best experiences that I've had as a professional. But, like, having that, like, um, kind of natural way of movement and that kind of broken, like, taking away that technique and having more of a natural posture, I really, like, connect with that. So I find that my contemporary dance um, kind of embodies Mm-hmm. that kind of style uh, as opposed to thinking uh, I don't know if you go see Toronto Dance Theatre that's still very it's very beautiful love it but very technical I love feeling more of a contemporary where it feels more personal mm-hmm. um, and something that's more embodied mm-hmm. so that I yeah so I find that it's either kind of musical theatre jazz or that kind of contempt the one that feels like more natural more pedestrian more um yeah. Personal. I've been thinking about that a lot lately in terms of just movement that I've been doing. And I'm, I've been trying to figure out as well, like, why the movement and the stuff that I've been working on has been more, definitely more personal mm-hmm. and almost has, like, an acting component to it. Yeah. And I don't know why some people are drawn to that and some aren't. Like, if, in terms of, like, our film, mm-hmm. that had such, like, a... It wasn't, like, acting, but it was definitely, like, feeling reacting to things that were happening yeah mm-hmm. um and there's some contemporary dancers that don't do that that are just like movement beautiful what mm-hmm. they're doing so i've been thinking about that a lot and i don't know if that's because i also grew up with like a musical theater acting background oh, yeah. or like right. if it's and it's you know now you're just drawn to those types of movements or everything you do is taken person you take everything so personally and mm-hmm. you know i don't know what the reason some people do that and some people aren't but i wonder if it's like uh, being being able to be like vulnerable with people, right? Yeah. Right. Like you are letting your reactions just happen mm-hmm. because you're comfortable with being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Whereas there's a lot, there's a lot of people that aren't, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That, totally. But it's scary. And it's yeah, it's totally that's scary. Totally foreign to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I just, I find as an audience member, I want to be moved, you know, like mm-hmm. yeah. there is value in the styles where you don't connect and it's very, you know, uh, performing face and, you know, that kind of style. But, and there is value. There's so much value to that. But I find that I'm more drawn to things that I'm going to walk away and that are going to make me think differently because mm-hmm. yeah. someone had a beautiful experience on stage and right. it's going to affect me personally. Mm-hmm. So I like seeing that in right. other people's movement. Um, I want to jump back to you in the African oh, yeah. dance company because <laughs> I was watching your reel and I was watching like little bits of it and you're the only white girl in there. Yeah. So, that was crazy. <laughs> I'm just going to like get right to it. Like that to me is super interesting. And like, how was your experience in that company? Did you like, how did you feel? I'm not going to put words in your mouth. Yeah. Um, I felt great. I felt welcomed. Yeah. And, um, I guess I wouldn't have expected it to be any other way. Um, but, and maybe that was like my white privilege, just thinking, Oh, I'm going to have a great time in this African dance company. But I, um, especially in the first couple of rehearsals where I'm like, I really am kind of don't know what I'm doing. It really, um, it just really meant so much to be surrounded by people who this is their culture, this is their style, and they're welcoming me, me in yeah. to something that I don't really necessarily belong right. to, right? Culturally, no. Yeah. Um, dance aesthetic, sure. Like when I auditioned for Lua, she found qualities in me that she thought would lend to her traditional West African styles, but I'm not a was African dancer. Like that's not something that I grew up in. I just took like some random workshops and uh, again, that more kind of a personal style that like loose style, Mm -hmm. I was a little bit more natural to me. Um, so especially looking back now that I, um, I'm no longer with that company. I'm so appreciative for them being so welcoming and, um, just accepting because it's, I, like I said, I culturally, I don't really belong. So for them to make that available and accessible to me, I really appreciate. Um, totally. So they themselves and the company made you feel like you belong. Did you ever feel yeah. that you just like from your own internal personal mm-hmm. monologue, like that you didn't belong? Like you? Oh, definitely. Yeah. In the first, I feel like I would have been so nervous to like yeah. be like, I think you made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Look at me. Yeah. Uh, I like had a mental breakdown. Uh, the first couple. Um, the first couple of weeks, so I got accepted to this company, and our main show, where we were creating a similar to Fringe, a 45, 50 minute show from scratch of West African dance, which is nuts. Because it's a lot of, of work. It's so much cardio. Yeah. <laughs> I think I dropped like 15 pounds that summer and like totally like muscled up. Your core would have been like, yeah. yeah, and your legs just like, just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was, uh, it was just a lot all at first. Cause again, you're going into something where you have absolutely like no experience, mm-hmm. right? So you're being thrown into a style and then you're supposed to perform at a professional level. Um, but in the first couple of weeks we had, um, a man named Farah come in and he's incredible, like a drummer and also dancer. And we did an intensive workshop and then, uh, that led to a performance with dance immersion at, um, um, what's that venue? Dance Makers. That's it. Um, and it was a 12 minute African dance piece. And this was in the first about maybe month and a half. Eh, I would say month of training. And so I, uh, 
I think we all experience breakdowns at a certain point because this is almost like a nine to four every day for two weeks, yeah. which again, in African dance is a lot. That's a lot of cardio, a lot of work. But for me, as someone who has no experience to this really being my first really introduction to African dance, I had a mental breakdown. I'm like, I'm dancing like a white person. This does not feel right. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want to offend anybody either totally. because like, again, like I perform also like Brazilian samba and a couple other like cultural styles. But my main thing is I don't want to offend anybody because it's amazing enough that you're welcoming me into your cultural dance. I don't want to offend and I don't want to look bad. I want to do your work justice. Yeah. Right. Um, also, you don't want to take the place of someone exactly that could be who, part of that culture that yeah. could do it better than me. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we all had like little mental breakdowns, but especially me, I was just like in the corner crying. I'm like, I don't know if I can do this, but funny enough, uh, after the performance or like my ex-boyfriend at the time was saying something that behind him, a person had said in the audience while we were performing this 12 minute piece. Yeah. You go white girl. And I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> this is my validation. <laughs> this is, this is all I wanted. <laughs> don't pay me. I don't care. But, um, it was like the best experience and also being paid, um, for rehearsals yeah. and being paid like almost cata rates mm-hmm. was amazing. And, uh, Lua works so much for grants and funding so that she can pay her artists as much as possible just in terms of scheduling. That's why I'm no longer able to be with her, but I totally support like everything she does and would definitely jump in if I ever could to work with them again. Cause they're amazing. And she cares about her dancers. Yeah. How many of you were there? Um, it kind of depended on the project. The one for Akira, um, I believe that was, uh, four or five dancers. And then we performed the piece in the summer. Um, we also, that 45 minute, uh, African dance piece from scratch. We also performed that at the Sony center for fall for dance North. Mm -hmm. And that was also similar um, I think five or six dancers and then two or three percussionists. Wow. Live drummers. playing on stage. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Only way you can do African dance. So it's all true. of our rehearsals yeah. were also accompanied too. And that felt great. It felt like York again, mm-hmm. or, you know, yeah. just right. taking like real class, like real, you know, <laughs> yeah. with heart class. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. That's so crazy. <laughs> It's awesome. We were talking, we were like, how did that happen? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know. I just, the kind of like, um, kind of like how I applied to York and was like, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm going to be a dancer. I saw this audition and I didn't even think about it. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to audition. Sure. Why not? I just was hungry for anything. And thankfully Lua saw something in me and it was probably one of the best experiences that I've had thus far. Um, when it comes to auditioning, do you have an agent? Uh, I am about to sign with an agent, but up until this point, I've been finding my own work, Mm -hmm. but I'm kind of just, I'm, I appreciate the hustle and I'll always continue to hustle. I just would love it if someone would hustle a little bit for me (laughs) so that we can work hand in hand. I can have someone else also cares about my career. So I'm looking forward to seeing what will come in the future. Right. But up until now, it's just been me. Um, you talked a little bit, uh, I saw on your social media the other day about like, uh, and you talk about with Lua, about like payment when it comes to dance. Cause a lot of people expect to like for you to work for free. Mm-hmm. 
do you have like experiences that you like you don't have to say who it was but like oh, yeah. are there any experiences where you've been like this is not fucking worth it <laughs> yeah or, this is even like at part way through yeah yeah um i would say a lot of experience like i've turned down um I just kind of went on like an Instagram blast because I've just been so frustrated lately with all the work. Like I've turned on a lot of work this year just because the payment wasn't good enough. Mm -hmm. And to some extent I felt like, oh, I'm turning down work. Like who do I think I am that I'm turning down work? But also at the same time, like I need to value myself Yeah. yeah. and I need to be paid accordingly for my, my time, my experience and et cetera. So I find it mostly in film and corporate world, they really don't get it. Um, for not for like non-union, non-union music videos, non-union commercials, like independent stuff. They, oh, we're we're all working together. We're all trying to make something. Yeah. As soon as it has that indie label, it's yeah. like, it's mm. like okay, I understand that you're you don't have money like I totally get that and you're trying to do something from scratch like this friend show we don't have money like Mm -hmm. but we're also going to be pursuing sponsors Mm -hmm. and donations because we want to pay people as much as possible right because I just don't feel like that's a viable excuse oh we don't have money so we just want you to volunteer your time or we'll give you like a hundred dollar honorarium for a day's work or two days work Mm -hmm. it's just not acceptable. Um, but yeah, no, so many, so many experiences of being underpaid, not being paid for having to stay later. Um, but I find the best is being, I'm not unionized yet. And I'm playing that kind of game of when to go union. But when you go to union, there's no debate. You're there, you're on the clock, you're being respected. Yeah. It would just be nice if the non-union world would catch up. It's just because you don't have people that are documenting that time mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you should take advantage of people who love what they do so they're willing to do it for exposure or just because they simply love it and they get a couple bucks for it. Like, don't take advantage of people. Mm-hmm. Try your best to fundraise so that you can give people something. Yeah. At least with something, people can kind of understand and it's more of a collaboration, but if you're totally saying, no, I have nothing for you, mm-hmm. and it's an honor for you to be a part of my show, my whatever, then no. Yeah. But I find everything underpaid in general. Oh, yeah. Pretty much everything is underpaid. I've done national tours, and it's like $100 a show, but no pay in between for driving and stuff like that. But that's what's currently acceptable. So until we start to turn down work, and we all need to turn down work, not just, you know, not just a couple of us, everyone, people fresh out of the gates need to be turning down this unpaid work or otherwise our industry isn't going to change. Yeah. How do you feel about people that are, don't think they can turn down work though? Right. I mean, like there's a fine line I get that. between like, if I turn this down, I might not be able to pay my rent this month. Yeah. And then you have to like have a second, a side job. You have to have a side hustle, right? And then that takes away time from your art. Right? So I find it a little hard. It is hard. Um, I, one thing that a friend of mine took and I refused, um, it was $300 um, for a four hour corporate gig, which normally that's, that would be a great rate. Mm -hmm. That's fine. But it was also like 28 hours or something of unpaid rehearsal. And she took it because she needed to pay rent. I mean, 
it's 300 bucks. That could be like a third of your rent or like almost half your rent. But I don't know. For that amount of money, I just don't know if it's worth it. But I understand that people need to feed themselves. Mm-hmm. But I would almost rather work a Joe job where I felt respected and appreciated right. and getting paid a, a fair wage. That's, so. Yeah, the 28 hours of rehearsal on that story is like... It's just stupid. That's, yeah, that's an, like a, an extreme case, yeah. yeah. I, sure. I find that often. Really? I, I mean, not to that, like, 28 hours, but I still find unpaid rehearsal is a huge thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially like you were saying with, like, corporate um, events, mm-hmm. companies, right? Yeah, that's just standard, so we kind of have to accept it, mm-hmm. or we don't work. Yeah. Yeah. But the rate is also good for when we do work, when we do those shows, but we have to accept the fact that there isn't pay for that so until someone decides to take a stand mm-hmm. and you know and that's a huge financial commitment to just put out money for rehearsals without having shows already if someone wants to open their own company otherwise then nothing is going to change but that's also a huge thing so it's you know it's a double-edged sword right totally that's crazy um do you want to talk about your fringe show sure tell me about, let's talk about fringe first yeah, yeah fringes in general fringes yeah. in general is this your first fringe you've ever done Yes. That's my first friend. Oh, wow. You didn't take part in anyone's before or anything. You just applied and won the lottery. And... Mm-hmm. I mean, I've applied before, yeah. but I mean, that's a crapshoot, right? Yeah. So um, <laughs> yeah. that was two years ago, and I missed last year's thinking, oh, I have time, and no. And then I got so in this year. early. I know. Like September. It's bonkers. Yeah, by the time you have to get everything in, yeah. Yeah. I had just missed it, but this year I got it, and then I got in. I was totally shocked. And yeah, so super stoked. Same with Windsor. Do you have to apply? Is it a lottery as well? I, I think Windsor is a... I, I don't really know their process. I just kind of reached out to them and said, look, your website doesn't say when the cutoff date is. I'm kind of interested. Uh, we're already performing in Toronto and this is only a couple weeks later. So this could be a cool touring opportunity. Mm. I'm from here. Um, and they just kind of said, yeah. Well, have oh, you? Nice. So I feel like they may have a lottery to some extent, but it may more be they just choose based on a proposal. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Awesome. So what's your show about? So my show is about addiction mm-hmm. um, and, and the struggles of mental health with different vices that we all have. And I feel like this is relatable to almost everybody, especially in this day and age. Um, but yeah, we see seven different unique women and their day-to-day lives and their different personalities and the vices and dependencies that they carry with them Mm -hmm. and how they interact with them, how it controls their lives. And when they lose them, how they're unable to cope Mm -hmm. because they put so much self-worth and value into these items or these concepts that once they're gone, it's almost like a part of you is gone. And how do we handle that? How do we cope with that? And do we? Mm-hmm. Um, and some of these addictions are, yeah, we're looking at like addiction to food. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily like binging or any kind of like a eating disorders, but just using that as like a coping mechanism. Um, cell phone, social media, which almost everyone can relate to, especially artists too, who are constantly checking for agents and, che- you know, like postings on different Facebook groups for work and stuff. Um, and the idea of like being addicted to your career and addicted to power and having power over others in terms of like self-esteem, we all have something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just 
how it takes over our lives. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's super prevalent with mental health issues that we're talking about today. And I think that I hope that people who see this might take a look at their selves and their habits and just might cool it a little bit, mm-hmm. experience the real world and get off your phone Yeah. or try, try something different and don't use a substance to, you know, kind of make you feel better about yourself. Yeah. Be here, be, be present. So that's what I'm hoping to achieve. Why did you think uh, Fringe was the right platform for this topic? Because um, Fringe is really indie, and in terms of the different kind of works that get put out, I've seen a whole whack of different topics and different genres, and I feel like something contemporary like this will connect with a lot of um, a lot of patrons, especially because there are people who are Toronto fringers who go mm-hmm. and see five different shows a day in one particular venue and will keep going, mm-hmm. right? So you're you're yes, you're seeing lots of artists coming out to support other artists, but you're also seeing lots of everyday people, lots of people who maybe couldn't necessarily afford a ticket. Like this is at thirteen dollars a ticket, this is probably the most affordable dance place show. to see dance, see theater, see music. Mm-hmm. So you're getting people from like all walks of life. So I feel like something that's again such a personal topic would relate more to this kind of audience as opposed to maybe someone who's going to go and see Annie. Yeah. Right. Like not discrediting that they also are like, they they are people and they have feelings, but (laughs) we're just going to see a more varied kind of group. I feel with a fringe audience. Right. So I think that, um, getting that kind of unique patron out, um, is one and yeah, just the different genres. You, it's just a mixed bag with fringe, which is really exciting because you can see a bunch of different unique pieces that, um, kind of change your way of thinking or you're exposed to. Um, so yeah. And so all fringe shows are paid or the, the artists are paid through the pay at the door, right? The tickets. Uh, yes. Yeah, so we, unless you get like, there's one grant possible, I think with fringe, isn't there? It's weird. I, I'm not quite sure. I know that for us, yeah, it's going to be through ticket sales. So we mm. keep everything. So that $13 a ticket, we keep everything. Yeah. Really? They don't take a percentage at all? No. No. They, oh. they offer you the venue and the production yep. and then you get all your ticket sales. Oh. Yeah. I thought they would take a percentage at least. No. I think that's part of like Fringe's like motto to like support indie art is yep. to not do that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Great. So we recoup all of that, which is great. And that payment goes directly back to the company. Mm -hmm. And then it's obviously up to, um, how the company, how they want to disperse that. Mm -hmm. We're going to do a profit share because we think that everybody is equal and everybody's roles are equal. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the inspiration for this project? Um, yeah, I, uh, I don't know if anything in particular inspired me, um, but I mean, yeah, seeing everybody on their cell phones is, is something it's kind of depressing. And I judge myself a bit on that when I am sitting next to somebody who's not on their cell phone 
throughout my whole TTC ride, and here I am like this, and thinking, oh, this person's actually just enjoying their commute, or listening to music, or reading, and I am invested in this stupid piece of technology that I value can't so even much. Send anything from where you are at the TTC. Yeah, like you're on the subway. Yeah. Sometimes I'm just like responding to messages, and it's like, didn't send, didn't send, and I'm like. What yeah. the fuck am I doing? <laughs> or I'm just scrolling Facebook from like old feed, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, what am I doing? Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah. There's but no like particular experience with addiction yourself? I don't think so. Nothing that I can. No, not really. I mean, I do have an addiction to my career for mm-hmm. sure. Sure. And also to my cell phone. But I don't think. Um, those particular circumstances necessarily have inspired the show. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I just think my, when we talk about things like mental health, when we talk about, uh, yeah, our daily experiences combined with what I've experienced, I thought it would just be a unique concept to kind of explore. Yeah. With in terms of being addicted to your career, has it ever, have you ever like lost something because of that in terms of like a relationship or in terms of like, oh, yeah. um, anything at all? Like, that's made it the addiction like more pre- prevalent? I mean, I've had a lot. I don't know if I've necessarily lost a relationship per se, but um, definitely a majority of my relationships have been strained because of my, uh, my need to fulfill my career. Um, as an artist, I, um, and I, I'm working through that, and I'm like talking to people about that, but I put so much like self-worth and like, like the show into my career that I can't separate the two. My career is myself, especially right. as a, I feel like as an artist, we can really relate to that. But like, if I don't have work, I am super depressed. Oh, I yeah. am not a happy person. I am miserable. So like for this year, January through March, before I started to really work on the Fringe show, I was super depressed. I was not happy because I just put so much, like if I'm not working, then I'm not a person. Yeah. That's pretty much how I view myself. If you don't have, like, a reason to wake up and, like, go to do something in the morning, yeah. it's very, it gets very depressing very quick. Mm-hmm. Like, just laying in bed and being like, I don't have anything to set my alarm for. Yep. Just waking up when I wake up. And then yep. you wake up and you're like, what am I doing with my life? Yep. Right? It's just, uh, yeah, so I've had, like, strange rela- strained relationships because I've been at, at that one aspect. But also I try to be as busy as possible because again, the more work, that means the better person that I am and that I'm actually doing what I'm supposed to be doing, right? Mm -hmm. So I will put work before Mm -hmm. pretty much anybody like that. I have turned down work for people this year and that's been unique, Mm -hmm. but still I will put work generally before others. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, yeah, I'm constantly stressing about like what class I didn't get my butt to that day and (laughs) like so much like personal stress and like almost not hatred towards myself, but almost to that extent for not doing enough or then just focusing and doing too much and applying for absolutely everything. And then spending eight hours on your computer applying to things. And then also being busy, but not busy for the right reasons. Like not doing jobs that are paying you shit money mm-hmm. just to be busy, yep. but you're being stressed and you're working your body. Is it worth it? And then yep. it's just like a circle that you get caught in. And right? it never seems to end. Yeah, never. Well, and then this year I was turning down work because I found, you know what? I'm just going to do this for myself. I'm turning down work that isn't being well-paid. And then I will hate myself for being bored, right? Or what I consider being bored. 
Um, so yeah, it's just, it's a hard line, Mm -hmm. uh, for me that I'm still kind of working through, but it's finding that balance, isn't it? If there is, if there is, if there is balance, is there ever balance? Is that something that you just, I mean, I don't think so. No, I don't think as an artist, like I feel like if you have a standard nine to five job, you have time that you are at work. Mm -hmm. generally and then you have time where you're off work Mm -hmm. whereas for us almost every time that we are awake is work oh we should be stretching oh we should be going to class oh this 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 this. even eating healthy right or taking care of our bodies in that kind of way taking care of our mental health so that we're able to go to class the next day there's so much crossover and crossfade that it's it's hard to write or to like put a a line in the sand like even when like i was away on the long weekend and i would see emails and i'd be like no, mm-hmm. I'm not going. Make the choice uh, not yeah. to. Yeah. Like, I had to physically make the choice and to, like, articulate it out loud, not just to myself, but to my partner and be like, I am not going to answer this email right now because we're sitting at dinner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But if I was here in Toronto and we were just, like, here at home or we were, like, out, I'd be like... Totally doing it. Like, instantly answering it. Yeah. I'm one of those people that you can almost always get a hold of. Same. And it's... It's a hard thing to like. To draw the line. Yeah. I, I think it's just so, yeah, so much more relatable as an artist because like everything we do is our art. So mm-hmm. to shut it off feels like you're taking away from yourself, but then you're also taking away from other people when you are ignoring them to do those things. Right. Yeah. So it's hard to find that and balance. It, and it feels weird that we feel like I know that it's weird that we feel weird about that. Because, like, yeah. someone in a corporate job would not give a fuck. No. Yeah. Right? They would be like, oh, I'm not on the clock. I'm not in my office. I'm not on my desk. I'm not answering an email. I'm not picking up my phone. Yeah. yeah. But we just can't get that through our brains. Yeah. yeah. In some, like, lots, I know, like, a lot of people that are 9 to 5, like, lawyers that are working after right. the clock, too. But, like, yeah. they also work probably, like, 70 hours a week. Yes. Right? That's exactly. Yeah. They, yeah. they have those crazy, they also have, like, crazy high demanding jobs. Yeah. 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 Right, right. Yeah. Which is like bananas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's constrained some serious relationships. <laughs> <laughs> Been there. <laughs> um, yeah. So you have a producer for this fringe show. Yes, I have a co-producer, Brian Goldenberg. How is it to work with another person? I totally needed it. Yeah? Uh, I already regret <laughs> not having a co-choreographer because I'm in the piece yes. and I'm also choreographing the damn thing and it's just... A lot. So if I were to also be building this press release and doing a post, like I don't have any visual skills. So to be designing a poster and yeah, yeah, press releases and I love social media, but I need to focus elsewhere. So to have someone else to help relieve that. And also he's incredible. Um, He is a, the artistic producer of Angel Walk Theater, which he co-founded, which is a musical theater, professional musical theater company. So he already has a whack ton of experience that I appreciate just being there to witness Mm -hmm. and to like to gain from. Um, So yeah, having his experience has been so, so helpful, but just having another person that can help get that to-do list done. I think it was absolutely needed. I don't know how people do it all. Like, I think you would go insane. If you were to do every single easy. aspect of that show, of a show. It's pretty easy right? to go insane. Sorry, it's yeah. not pretty easy to do it all yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Let me clarify that. Yeah. yeah. I was like, meh. <laughs> um, 
do you guys like hold each other accountable with like due dates and stuff like that or yeah I mean, we are also good friends, so there is a little bit of leniency there. Right. But otherwise, yeah, if we, if we have a certain kind of timeline we want to get things done, we do message each other and follow up with each other, which is good because it keeps us on our game. Yeah. And we're not slacking because totally. we have to be held accountable to somebody. That's the nicest thing to me about this. Yes. <laughs> like having someone to be like, hey, did you do that thing? Hey, hey. Yeah. Hey, hey. Yeah. yeah. When you're like, man, I could just watch Netflix again. Yep. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, I have to do this because there's a deadline. Yeah. 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 We're like similar to what you, when you talk about like being friends as well. So you mm-hmm. can, I mean, everything's priority. You have everything's priority, but it's easier to prioritize certain things if you can tell someone's like really busy. Yeah. Or yeah. if they're like on vacation or if they're, yep. you know, doing anything, you can be like, obviously this is like not a priority right now and like you have to think to yourself like this doesn't need to be done right now yeah it can be like a bit more or do i need that person to do it yeah right can i do it myself kind of thing is also what i try to like think about too totally yeah 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 Mm -hmm. yeah it's nice having like a a co-pilot friend yeah i yeah i feel like it's just needed and i feel for future projects i either will solely choreograph and maybe not perform or I think I might just have a director and then choreograph yeah because I just need I need somebody to also help hold me accountable because yeah. it's very easy to just be so like for me the process has been like overwhelming mm-hmm. just with I have to make a 45 minute show right and I mean probably half of that is actual choreographed dance but there's still scripting and to hold yourself to all that timeline, those different timelines and not be overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I find that very challenging, but yeah. having somebody you can bounce ideas off of someone that can hold you to, Hey, you said you needed to get that done by this. I find that very helpful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, I find it's hard when you're making work, if you're also in it to be like, it might make sense to you because you're in it, yep. but it may not make sense to anybody else because they don't know the process. Right. Yeah. So to have someone on the outside is mm-hmm. super helpful. Yeah. Yes. Because you can get lost super easy. It's yeah, yeah. A big issue with like, I mean, me and Karen talk about this a lot and mm-hmm. we find with Toronto, um, with contemporary dances, people don't know how to like kill. This is a bad term. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> say it. Do it. Do it. So there's this term in Calgary that they, that we, that we used with our director. It's called kill the baby, which yeah. is like your work. You have yeah. to like kill cut stuff. Mm-hmm. You have otherwise to... it dilutes the work. Yeah. Um, you have to be such a harsh editor with yourself to make the work not drown. Because a lot of shows that like we've been going to lately have just been like long, they're long and self-indulgent. I need to see this. Yes. That's a good word. Self-indulgent. Do I need to say that motif a thousand times? No. 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 Also like that's the motif you probably started with. Why is it still in the piece? Yeah. Yeah. Why is it not developed further? Why isn't it grown? Yeah. 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 So it's, it's really hard to be in a piece and be like, mm-hmm. I love this part. It feels so good on my body. <laughs> yeah. like, it's not needed. It's, yeah. it's not working. Yeah. yeah exactly. Slice it. Yeah. 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 I find there's a lot of self-indulgent work yes. out there right now. And it's just like, okay, we get it. You love yourself and you love how you feel, but you're not telling the story that you want. Right. Cause you're allowing your like bias. personal emotions and bias to mm-hmm. get in the way. Like you right. need someone like I want to bring in my boyfriend, um, Hugh, who is an actor from Ryerson, um, to do a little bit of dramaturgy because I trust myself, but it would be nice to have 
someone else's opinion and that can be that is separated from the work that can be like okay maybe we cut this or we move this because it's just mm-hmm. not it's doing not what you want it to yeah. do mm-hmm. yeah but like you need that otherwise you're just doing whatever you feel like and like <laughs> it feels great for you but the audience doesn't connect to it then right. well what's right. the point so you don't you're not you don't have a rehearsal director coming in for uh no no I think as we get to the final stages of rehearsal, uh, I will be bringing in uh, some yeah, an outside eye for just to make sure it's all super consistent and that the story is going because the story right. to me is more important than the choreography. Yeah, the because, narrative. Yeah, yeah. I, I I just think that the most important part is conveying this. Like the, yeah, the story as opposed to throwing. Okay, well it's time to throw in a solo, or it's not, you know time to mm-hmm. do this. Like it should be dance for the purpose mm-hmm. and the need of it, as opposed to drowning in a sea of choreo. Of choreo when it yeah. doesn't propel the story forward. The story should be first, and the dance because this is more like a dance theater piece. It should lend to that. Mm-hmm. Right. It should make it grow or show it in a different dimension. Show the story or propel it forward, but totally. not just be there to be there to kill time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That's a good point. Excellent point. I like to, yeah, that's really interesting. I'm trying to like relate that back to dance works that don't have a narrative. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They're just dance. Yeah. They're just solely dance. Yeah. yeah. Like how can you still propel the idea of the piece forward and be a, an editor? I don't but, know. Yeah. Because all, like, all of my stuff is non-narrative. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, like, also working with film makes it a little easier because it's so easy to, yeah. you can be very specific on what you see and, like, move stuff around. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that was just an internal thought I was having. <laughs> You're welcome, everyone. <laughs> Dead. Um, so, it's you and Brian co-producing yes. the show. Yeah. What theater are you at? We are at yeah, the plug, Factory plug. Theater. Plug, plug. Uh, we are at the Factory Theater, the main space, cool. which is crazy. It's, again, a little bit of a double-edged sword because it's a perfect venue. It also has 200 seats. So, And we have seven shows. So we got to sell 1,400 tickets. Yes. <laughs> have you done the math? Have you done 1,400 Times 13. <laughs> I think we've done half. Because you know what? And this is what I'm trying to do, too. There are some amazing dance pieces in Fringe this year. There's so many dance pieces. Go so many dance pieces. See them. Yeah. Go support dance in Fringe. Because they only, what, pick 10 of us? And there's 100 freaking theater pieces. In theater, musical theater. There's nothing for dance in comparison. Right. And it's just going to keep dying or keep staying the same and not growing if we don't support dance. So, like, go see everyone's dance piece. It's Thirteen dollars. Yeah, it's so cheap. Like that's an hour's worth of. Well, it's actually less now. The minimum wage went up. <laughs> it's an hour's worth of work at a Joe job or like wherever you bartend or whatever. Right. Yeah. So we're at the main space at the Factory Theater. Um, the run is from July fourth to fifteenth, and then we have seven shows there within that. We also have a relaxed performance, which is cool too, which is just a bit more accessible, so we can get people who may not again go out and see theater because of different disabilities or what have you. But we have our particular performance that uh, will be relaxed. So hopefully, again, to broaden the different types of patrons that will come in and so that everyone can kind of enjoy this piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're really stoked. Cool. Sweet. What's it called? It's called Hooked. Yay. 
Yay. Yeah. Um, and we'll post it. Yes. With your interview. We'll post all the show times because I have them. Great. <laughs> I mean, you're in it, so I would hope you would have yeah. them. <laughs> I hope you would promote your own show, Rainy. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, I have the show dates so we can We can, we can figure it out. We can, yeah. figure, we can figure it out. <laughs> um, awesome. Amazing. Thanks yeah. so much. This well, thank is, you for having me. This is there anything fun. else you wanted to plug? Your social media, your website? Anything? I mean, like... If you want to go to kristenpepper.com and book me for other things, that's also lovely. Yeah. However, uh, no, I mean, we're also touring to Windsor, which is really exciting, too, um, that I'm super stoked about. I mean, I'm from there, so I'm, like, more invested than probably anybody else will be. But <laughs> I think it's exciting to give this piece another life, to give and six more opportunities to perform. and Which is rare. Which mm. is rare. Yeah. Like, to have seven performances for a dance piece is not that common. No. Usually it's a weekend of performances, so Fringe has already or enabled this. Yeah. And then a second Fringe will allow 13 performances total. And we're hoping that maybe we'll go to Prologue or something and sell it to schools. I would love to tour this That's awesome. in the coming future. Because I think addiction in high school so good. is super, again, super relevant. This is when we're discovering who we are as, as people. And we're latching on to different things mm-hmm. that we think define us. Yeah. So, so smart. I think this, this piece has places to grow but we need people to come see it first <laughs> so, yes. so factory theater so july so come yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah this has been oh we didn't ask her the question oh shit what's, what's the question is, is being, being an artist, artist fucking, fucking killing you? you yeah but it's totally worth it yeah <laughs> that's the, that was the most distinct answer anybody yeah. has yeah. given us <laughs> Being an artist is fucking killing me. Um, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook at GalPalProds. Email with any questions you have. Or if you want to be on the show. Yeah, if you want to be on the show. Let us know. Totally. Let's have a chat. Um, we Our Patreon is live because we... <laughs> <laughs> Has all these like gun fingers yeah. shooting. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just did the double gun at the recorder and it was really terrible. <laughs> Our uh, Patreon is live. Yeah. We need some help funding yeah. this particular podcast because yeah. we're going to upgrade our mics. Yeah. Woo. We're trying to upgrade our mics. Yeah. We're trying to do lots of things. So donate. promote indie work. Go support. Yeah. yeah. Donate. Exactly. Come You're going to go buy, you know, fucking. Spend a hundred dollars at Sephora tomorrow, so send five dollars our way. Yeah, also so like, ridiculous. Go to and like, just give us the money. And yeah, we'll yeah. <laughs> exactly. Support awesome. indie artists. Do it. Do yeah. it. Yeah, support indie artists. 